Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is July 15th. It's the list in your girl number four. Jimmy Van still out traveling. Denise Salcedo in the seat. I'm excited. Number four. I can't believe it. I'm I'm so close to number five. I like, and I, I like your, Booker T. I like your nails, the, the, the different color on, on the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Very, very clever. Reminder, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Share the video. That stuff helps an awful lot, too. Uh, leave a comment after the fact, your favorite part of the show, least favorite part of the show. As long as you don't say that I am your least favorite part of the show, then just keep it to yourself. But if you're watching live on YouTube, donate a Super Chat. Any amount gets your question or statement read on the air. And you might be saying to yourself, well, you know what? I want to ask more than one. Well, you can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. My Q&A uh, form is still up right now. It will close shortly after the show. But I do a Q&A every single week. Every single week, I bring you backstage news on the backstage report, about 20, 25 minutes, very easy to listen to. Maybe you say, oh, I miss Alex on Mondays and Fridays. He does his own SmackDown and Raw reviews over there. You might say, well, you know what? I went 205 Live and NWA and BTE covered. Steven Jensen does that on the Weekender. And, it, hey, if you miss me on Wednesday nights, I do an AEW and NXT review over there as well. That's before we get into the breaking news, like me kind of putting out there how much NWA is paying their wrestlers. Uh, yikes. We will get to that on The List Goes On right after this show on Fightful Select. But, reminder, donate a Super Chat. It truly helps us. But, Denise, we got plenty to talk about today. I know. There is so much happening. You you are the pop culture expert here sort of as long as it's as it's not in the 90s right depends on the decade apparently what do you think about Charlize Theron in WWE okay so when I first saw like the news bit for that I was like what am I even reading this correctly <laughs> so I go on I read all about it and I'm thinking okay this is first of all um I feel like with Charlize, with how she handled it and how she said it, I thought she did such a phenomenal job because she could have easily been like, no, not going to happen, never. But she didn't. She sort of played off of it and was kind of like, yeah, you know, hey, is that an invite? And she acted really cool about it. And literally, Charlize is such a badass, like, on screen. And she's, like, this stunning woman. So even if she were to just, like, make a cameo in WWE or some sort of appearance, I think would be so freaking awesome and she's just not like any random actress like no like she is a big time actress that would bring like so many eyeballs that people that don't normally watch wrestling or maybe have no interest in it if she were to even just make a little appearance it would be so impactful it would she is a major star i mean she just had the old guard drop which i see everybody talking about i loved long shot last year with seth rogan that was one of my favorite movies of the year 
thought it would perform a little bit better. But she said specifically, I have zero martial arts background. I do have a background in ballet. Uh, and she said that the element of being able to play in the genre reminds me a lot of my first career as a dancer. That, to me, is very similar. The discipline of ballet reminds me of uh, martial arts. And when when Kofi asked her about the WWE process, she said, when and where? I know we're in a crisis situation right now, so it's not anytime soon, but that sounds awesome. I'll get my ass kicked, and that will be really entertaining for everybody to watch because I'm a mere actor. But it would be so much fun. If WWE can land Charlize Theron, then they should probably land Charlize Theron. I mean... They, they, they've missed out on the Glow Girls in the past by not having them in a storyline. If Charlize Theron wants to do it, they probably need to get on that, Denise. 100%. And also, it would be good for her, too, because I think she would bring like this crossover audience. And it never hurts to have more people, obviously, following your career, whether, whether even if it's people that you wouldn't expect, a certain audience that you wouldn't expect to follow your career. Now, it's obvious she doesn't follow WWE. And, you know, we don't expect that. This wasn't like, right. oh, well, she's, she's capitalized. She was interviewed by Kofi Kingston because WWE has a massive youtube channel and i think it's brilliant what wwe has done they they've went and got their wrestlers to interview celebrities on their channel because why not you're going to drag more people to your youtube channel uh you're going to get promotion probably from that celebrity on your youtube channel that otherwise you wouldn't get so i i say why not i i say why why shouldn't they and she's in an action movie makes a lot of sense Plus, a lot of people are asking her the exact same questions. Like, they're asking her, obviously, the more serious questions about her children. They're asking her the same basic questions that every actor gets asked for every single movie. So, in a sort of way, like, this is a unique perspective that it may not seem like it would appeal the interest of lots of people, but it actually really does. So, it's funny that you mention that because I actually had a bit of a disagreement with WWE about a Kofi Kingston interview that I did before WrestleMania. Now... This was a day before WrestleMania that I got this interview, right? So you got to rush it out because they want the WrestleMania promotion. I knew that he was going through the car wash, so to speak. He's doing all the radio, all the TV stuff. And you know what they're going to ask Kofi Kingston. They're going to say, what's it like wrestling in front of no fans? I didn't need to be the 15th article saying, Kofi Kingston says it's surreal to wrestle in front of no fans. So I was like, you know what? I'll ask him. I'll ask him about... A story from Chris Jericho's book that he's never talked about. Never talked about publicly when Vince McMahon joked and said, maybe one day you'll be over. And Chris Jericho said, you got to go fight him. And I was like, man, that's a story I've never heard about. And Kofi had never told it. And he said, I want, he was like, I know what story you're talking about, but let the, let the audio listeners know what you're talking about. So he had me recount it. And I thought it was really good. It got more traction than any of his other interviews did that week. WWE didn't like it. I don't know if they didn't like it because of Jericho's involvement. I didn't know how they felt. They were like, you didn't ask anything about WrestleMania. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, his match is going to change to a singles match sometime between now and tomorrow, but you all haven't announced it. I can't ask him about that. I literally don't even know if he's going to be in the match. And Denise, as you know, sometimes that evergreen content is important. This, this Charlize Theron thing... Who else is going to ask her about going to WWE? Nobody else is going to ask that. And and it's fitting for Kofi Kingston to say, hey, are we ever going to see you here? Like, are, are, are we ever going to do that? A lot of those radio stations that I talked to Kofi, that talked to Kofi Kingston aren't even going to know about that story. And that's kind of the, the issue that we got into with WWE. They were like, well, their audience doesn't know that WrestleMania is tomorrow. Yours does. And I said, exactly. That's why I'm not asking him the same questions he's getting asked. So... I applaud Kofi Kingston for using his time as best possible with Charlize Theron and getting an awesome headline out of it. You know, maybe we should hire him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I just think it was a pretty unique thing. And it's not, you know, sometimes you just never know who you would like to see uh, sort of talk to one another, like two polar opposite people doing polar opposite things. And it just brings them together, I think is pretty cool. Now, we don't want it to end up like Steve-O and Chris Pontius' appearance. Did you see what they had said about their performance about 15 years ago? What did ago? they say? What did they say about it? Well, they first off, they put over the physicality of WWE heavily. These are the stars of Jackass and uh, Wild Boys. 
And they said, WWE came into town, and they, they had us in. And Vince McMahon said, we are idiots if we don't get them in the ring. And they said it was the worst ass-kicking they've ever gotten in their entire life. Chris Pontius said that when that the Samoan drop from Umaga caused him to wake up in the middle of the night not being able to breathe. And Steve-O said that he kind of learned on the job what selling was. Because, you know, he's not usually selling. He's usually really hurt. And he's getting his ass kicked by Umaga. And he's selling, because, but he's not selling. He is really hurt. But he's rolling around. And what WWE wants you to do is lay there flat on your back <laughs> like that. So the more he's doing that, the more Umaga whips his ass for real and throws an elbow at his head. And, like, makes him black out, apparently. No. Oh, yeah. That's wild. And considering that they are used to doing some really crazy stuff on their shows, I mean, like, those aren't stuff that anybody would just sign up to do. So the fact that they went in there, they were like, oh, this is harder than we thought. It's pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. I I saw that, and I was like, well, I hope that doesn't happen to Charlize. Uh, Unfortunately, we we don't have Umaga anymore, but... You know, you never know what can happen. We got a question from our friend Throwback. He says, with double champions seeming to become a normal thing, Lee, Bailey, and possibly Sasha, what should WWE do to grow the mid-card talent on all brands, excluding the U.S. and Intercontinental title? This is a very good question because, quite frankly, I dropped an interview with EC3 today, criminally misused, that guy. WWE released a bunch of people that were very over when they were on TV. But they didn't have the creative, I don't know, ability or or motivation to find something for these people. And it's happening a lot more, Denise. Like, we're just seeing people that are just out there. I think the issue is that certain guys, based on how they are treated the first couple of shows when they come in, when they first make their debut, can either mark them as guys that are going to be huge superstars or guys that are a already being treated as jobbers, as mid-carders. So the second somebody gets misused like that, I think it is very hard to sway the majority's opinion on that person. So when so-and-so comes out and they've never been a big star you know, in the company, they haven't been treated how you originally thought or they haven't been booked well – You're just going to see them and you're just going to think, jobber, A, I'm no longer interested. And at that point, it almost doesn't matter what they do until you have that person. You have to be persuaded into thinking otherwise. So that is like the big, big issue where we have to start having guys come in and have a bigger impact. Like they have to make uh, they have to make themselves feel important and they have to be made seem important as well or else people, they just lose interest. Like I will never forget when I was at Raw and I forgot exactly what the match was but there was a man in front of me with his children and his wife and obviously they're casual wrestling fans and I remember when we were watching the 205 Live guys uh, I just remember him saying like oh we don't need to pay attention to this these are the jobbers like let's go get some food in the meantime and I just remember thinking like man like this is this is obviously something that's commonly known so you automatically lose interest and that was the issue with the divas for a really long time where people were like oh bathroom break but until they were made to seem important and you know, actually presented in a certain light. That's when the perspective changed. And right now we need to change the perspective for a lot of mid-card guys. I completely agree. They, the thing is with mid-card guys, eventually you want them to become your upper-card guys and, and girls. So you make them seem important all the way around, and eventually the, they'll get there. And, and that's got to happen. That's got to happen. Uh, we're about to talk more about Keith Lee, but let's get into some super chats. Evan Wright says, "Sean, you have to look directly into the camera next time you interview someone. Can't look at your inter- or your monitors or other tabs." There was some turd on Twitter that's like responding to it, an even bigger turd who doesn't deserve to be named, uh, and said, hey, you, "Have you seen him do interviews? His eyes are all over the place." And then he snaps back when she talks, and it's like, "All right, guys, I got the Zordon set up." I got monitor here, monitor here, monitor here, ring light up there. Sometimes I have a, a, another camera all the way up here on a tripod. When I look at Denise, it's right – oh, it's over here. When I look at you guys, it's right there. There's a monitor right in front of me running OBS. To the left of me is Skype where I can actually see Denise. So if I'm looking right at Denise, 
I'm not looking at her on the camera <laughs> or on my camera. By the way, over to my right, I'm running a YouTube stream. I do this for my interviews, too. You want to know why? Because I talked to Dan Severn for 70 minutes and listened to him yakety yak, and it caught none of it. So what do I do? I record three different ways with my interviews. I do Zoom, OBS, and YouTube all simultaneously because I don't want, I, I'm not losing that shit. And if I want to integrate multiple angles, I can do that. If I want an early access stream link, I have that. If I want a recording side by side, I have that. And if I want my split screen, I have that. Suck one. Thank you. Well, at least you know that the people that don't understand <laughs> that or talk smack on you, it's because they've probably never done an interview, especially like this. And it's scary, man. Like when I'm recording interviews on Zoom, I, I have my tab open with my questions and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, God, please let it be recording. And I have to keep moving it around just to make sure that things are in order. So I get that. It's It's scary. So, I mean, and Zoom is not the best with that. Zoom sometimes has not recorded stuff that I have really I haven't had an issue yet so hopefully it stays as is yeah Rob Wilkins says hypothetically if it came down to it and NWA was for sale would we see a bidding war between Khan and McMahon is USA freaking out with ratings or demos I don't think they're freaking out I'm sure they're not thrilled about it those numbers are not good there's no way to dice it there's no way to say cord cutters yada yada they're not good numbers they care about the demos. They care about live viewers because that's what advertisers care about. So there's no good way to spin that. As for NWA, quite frankly, I don't think anybody's going to try to buy them right now. Maybe maybe WWE, but I, I would be shocked if we – yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if we ever saw NWA back right now. I mean there's, there's a good chance we just don't see that. As is, Dave Lagan is gone. He did everything there. And I don't know that they can hire somebody that can do all that stuff. It's just the reality of the I situation. I just feel there's, there's, it's just better off if you want certain guys to just get them yep. there. I, I just think that, I don't know. It just For me, like, I never, I, NWA, when they started re-coming back and doing all their shows on YouTube and all of that, they never won me as a viewer, to be honest. And maybe I wasn't obviously the demographic that they were seeking, but I just never, it never caught my interest. So that's my perspective on that. And uh, quite frankly, I reported how much some people were being offered for their contracts on Fightful Select. I've got a big update on NWA coming uh, tomorrow on Fightful Select and a bunch of WWE news as well. So make sure you guys check it out. Tim Traver says, I'm going to start making home-cooked meals. Forget fast food places. Man, that's what I need to be on. I'm, I'm getting tired of fast food. Getting tired of it. <laughs> Evan Wright says, hello, Sean and Denise Sal Swifty. Excited for AEW tonight. FTR versus Lucha Brothers. Cage versus Mox. Elite versus Jurassic Express. Also hype for EO versus Tegan. It is a busy night at Fightful. I personally have to do UFC coverage for two hours because that's going on NXT and AEW. How, how are your viewing habits? And you see, you watch this stuff live, taped. I've learned that when you get to watch AEW and NXT side by side, and I'm not preparing to run the Wednesday night podcast, I can get both shows watched by like 10 minutes after the completion, just skipping through commercials. So for me, I can't do the double screen. Well, first hmm. of all, I only have one computer and I have no TV in this room whatsoever. I took the TV out, all right? So everything happens on my laptop, which means I can only watch one show at a time. So I watch NXT Live and then I keep up with AEW on Twitter and then watch the things that I thought were the best highlighted stuff. I watch them afterwards. So like I pick and choose what I want to see afterwards. I like that. Korosami1997 says, I'm trying to start a podcast, but I don't want to stick to just wrestling. Any advice so it doesn't seem like all over the place? I think it's okay to be all over the place. Then you see what sticks and what your audience likes the most, and then you kind of cater towards that a little bit. Denise, what do you think? I'm the queen of all over the place, all right? Like, <laughs> I, like, take that award. So my best advice to you is talk about what you love. It doesn't matter what it is if you don't think anybody else loves it. If you love it, you'd be surprised how many people actually do it. And people only respond if you're passionate. Rob Wilkins says, back, on, back to the NWA, that's a title they both want, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when, when you're buying WCW and it doesn't come with TV time, you're buying a tape library. If you're buying the NWA, you're buying three letters and a title belt. 
That's what you're really buying. Because you can't, in good conscience, pay what they're paying people to do those shows. But yeah, I think that both companies probably would want that championship. I, I wouldn't put it past Ring of Honor to want that championship either, Denise. Right. I mean, come on. Like, in, uh, no belt has a legacy like that. And that's just something that you can't take away from that. You can't erase history. You can't erase legacy. And I mean, look, look at the pattern. Every decade they attach themselves to another promotion. It was WCW, then ECW, then WWF in the 90s. In the 2000s, it was TNA. In the 2010s, it was Ring of Honor and New Japan. Then they started their own thing and even doing their own thing now. It's about that time for them to attach themselves to somebody else. That's just the way it works. AJ Riddell says, you both look like you're being drafted to Raw. Denise. We're in the Raw brand. We actually just joked about that. Uh, Plus, we've got our our red lower third. It was the first thing I noticed. Like, you popped up on my screen, and I was like, oh, my God, we're matching. (laughs) AJ says, Denise, top job filling for Jimmy Van. Hope he is okay. Yeah, I mean, he told me he's handling business. Quite frankly, I, I don't know what Jimmy's doing. He has not filled me in on that, but I think he I think he's all right. I think he's okay. I talk to him every day. And he says, thoughts on Io Shirai's underwater promo videos. I think they're really cool. I think it's a great way to help get someone to connect through the screen that maybe can't speak the greatest English. Dude, we got to do something different, so I'm all for it. As long as, you know, she's being presented, presented in a good light, then let's go with it. Well, WWE's doing a little bit something different with their mask policy, and that's because Kevin Owens was the person that went to Vince McMahon and said, hey, we got to do something. So I had heard that Kevin Owens felt like it was safe for him to come back because uh, Raw and SmackDown were filming different days. They, they minimized the number of people they had to have at tapings. But then basically he walked into the building, he saw people not wearing their masks, hanging out right next to each other, and he went straight to Vince McMahon and said, I don't think they're taking this seriously enough. And Vince McMahon is kind of holed up in in an office all day, Denise, so he doesn't see this. He doesn't even go out to Gorilla all the time. And when Kevin Owens said in an interview with SI, after Fightful Select reported it, by the way, (laughs) <laughs> that Vince said, well, what do you think would work? And Kevin said, well, I cursed on SmackDown once, and I got fined, so I never did it again. So do that. And they did it. And WWE should have done this month ago, four months ago now. It should have been in place immediately. Immediately. Better late than never. What are your thoughts on this whole situation and the masks? Okay, so first of all, Kevin Owens has some balls, man, to go in there and be like, hey, like, I don't like this. This is what's happening. People need to be punished for this. I 113% agree with him because I, for one, get extremely frustrated when I'm driving to the supermarket or I'm going somewhere to get food or whatever, and I see people without their masks. It infuriates me. I'm just like, it really, really makes me angry, and that may, you know... Obviously, I'm pro-mask person side, so that's being said. But it makes me mad. So imagine you're going into your place of work and you're seeing people not take it seriously or not wearing their mask. Obviously, it's going to irritate you. And here's the thing that I was thinking about as well. There might have been other people that also wanted something to be done, but maybe they didn't have the courage or weren't in a position like Kevin Owens to go out and speak up. You know, it's not easy being that person. So for Kevin Owens to go and do that and for Vince McMahon to respond the way that he did, I thought was 100% productive and I thought it was the best case scenario. And I think it was the proper call to make. And yeah, it should have been made earlier, but at at least there's somebody like Kevin Owens and at least Vince McMahon responded properly to that yeah i completely agree with you and uh he is in a very good position in that regard where if he wants to leave for a while he can leave for a while and they're is not going to give him shit over he's kevin owens he's too over they're not going to let him go to aew they're not going to let him go to even ring of honor i would say nwa but they don't pay anything read more on fightfulselect.com <laughs> evan wright says wwe needs to do something different with their creative less tootsies karaoke and piss more storytelling that makes sense. Well, I loved the Matt Riddle Tootsie story. The frostbitten Tootsies. I thought that was funny. Did you really? I thought it was yeah. so cringe. I didn't like it at all. Well, I mean I felt like 
I felt like it was one of those things when you're asking a little kid, like, oh, your toes hurt. Why are you wearing sand? Like, I just didn't like it. I was like, what is this? Is this what I'm hearing right now? Well, they're not going to make him like an ass-kicking badass. So him being RVD2 is, is all right to me. <laughs> but this does kind of target two segments of our show. I wanted to talk karaoke. I wanted to talk Je- Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Now, the women that were in that karaoke segment, first off, I think it was the day after SmackDown filmed, I messaged Warren and I said, Warren, there's a good chance we'll just be predicting next week's pay-per-view on this Friday SmackDown because I heard nothing of note happens and that it's a waste of time. And he is like, okay. And then we watched it and we couldn't believe how pointless this SmackDown was. They ran a karaoke segment with a bunch of women who were last seen backstage sitting on a ring saying, man, we can't even get on TV. Nothing happens. This is a step down from nothing happens, Denise. This is worse than not being on TV. It was so bad. And they gave it their all. Credit to them. They gave it their all. But I felt really, really bad for them. Literally the only person that, I mean, Uso was good hosting it because he's a, a good personality. Ah, oh, damn. Tell me what you thought about this because we don't have you on SmackDowns. Oh, okay, so obviously I tuned in to watch. and um, <laughs> Sorry <laughs> oh, about God. that. I, I was just like in the nicest way possible. I didn't finish watching the show because after that I was just kind of like, oof, and moved on. But the actual karaoke segment, it was so, so, so bad. I think it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, uh, and it's funny because I thought I, I thought Dana Brooke was funny. I was like, okay, if you're gonna do this, make it stupid funny. Because you know, I'm a fan of stupid funny. I laugh at dumb stuff all the time. So I thought, okay, let's let's roll with that. I I'm open minded. I can roll with this. But this was so bad. It was cringe. It was so so bad. Uh, I thought. I thought Tamina's was the worst, not just because of the – she wasn't even singing the words properly with the yeah. Triple H song. And that's one of the greatest wrestling songs of all time that, like, we, every We would know. We would to. know. Check out the list in your girl. Number one, it's in the archives. We talk all about theme songs, one of our best episodes. Yes, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, at least be on cue with what the like with the same words as the song is going. And I think that's what probably got me the most. I think the fact that that's like one of the greatest songs ever, and it was just like a horrible, horrible performance of it. And then when she went into the headbanger stuff, I was like, all right, well, this is it. Like, I cannot believe I just watched this, and so I didn't it, like it. Did, I mean, to me, it feels like my intelligence is being insulted. Like, I'm made to feel stupid for watching this show. And It could have been done a different way so that we could have at least laughed. Yeah, yeah. And on that same show, we had more of this Jeff Hardy, Seamus garbage. Now, anytime you guys have heard me talk about Seamus, I say the same thing. Smiley, happy Seamus never works. It didn't work when he was champion and they tried to make him a stand-up comedian. They love doing that, Denise. They love putting the title on somebody and going, oh, look, he jokes. He's just like all of us. No, homeboy. He ain't like the rest of us. He's 6'2", 250 pounds, and he beats the living shit out of people while he hangs them over the rope. And he goes, ah, 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 like that. That ain't normal. So now... They got Smiley Seamus back, and you know what's going to happen, Denise. The same shit that always happens with Seamus. He gets punched in his bully nose, and he goes, I don't like that. I'm embarrassed, fella. Every single time. So now they're having a bar fight, which, hey, you know what? The actual match might be entertaining. I don't know. Considering Jeff Hardy's acting abilities, or lack thereof, I think it's going to be more cheesy. And you know what we're going to see. We're going to see the same thing that we saw with Jerry the King Lawler and Aldo Montoya in the 1990s where he's pouring alcohol all over him. Uh, Same with Jake Roberts right after that. Same with CM Punk years later. Same with Scott Hall years before that. They they pop up about once a decade and do this shit. Uh, They... Almost did it with Hawk, but they love to do it. Like, oh my god, this person had a substance abuse problem. Let's troll it because that's 
that's real life. That's real life being played out. You know what? Sometimes real life doesn't make a good storyline. Do, do, do I need a storyline about how I walk to the fucking corner store every so often? No. It's stupid <laughs> and it's boring and nobody wants to see it. What do you think about this segment? All right. So first of all, like I'm a fan of when they incorporate real life stuff. Okay. I like that. I think that if it's presented well, if it's executed well, then by all means go for it. I like that. But this ain't it. It's just no. it. It's all over the place. It's not funny. It's not serious. It's not engaging. It's more just like you're just thinking like WTH every single time when you see it. And I, you know, and it really sucks because, you know, Jeff Hardy has had, he's had a lot of ups and downs and he has, when he's doing good, he has the potential to bring forth some really great matches, some really great content. And this ain't it. So I think that we, there are certain aspects of Jeff Hardy that can be highlighted a lot better. And with Seamus, I feel like he's that guy that has it all. I've been a Seamus fan for a while. And it, it took me a while, too, because I wasn't a fan of his immediately. It took me a while. But after I became a fan of his, I liked the fact that he he has what it takes to be uh, – a focal point on the show. He has the attitude. He has the vibe. He has the look, man. And the fact that I don't, I'm seeing him as a, not somebody that I can take seriously on the show. It really, really ruins the character for me. So I just feel like we need to see something different with Seamus and Jeff Hardy. Cause this isn't working. I mean, I'm all for bringing in real life situations, but I just don't like this one. Same here. I, if, if they bring in real life situations, I want it to be good. That's it. The, the real-life situation is nice, and it, it adds, but if it's not good, it just doesn't matter. It's got to be good. <sighs> real-life situation happening with Rusev. He revealed that he tested positive for COVID-19. This comes after Lana's mother and father tested positive. This is sad news. His non-compete is up this week. I personally think he would fit in New Japan best, but he can't go over there right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on Rusev's future, what he's got going on right now? I mean, he, he's very fortunate that he is into streaming. He's got his YouTube channel that is blowing up. It's great. We write articles about it almost every single day. I highly recommend it. But what what do you see for, for Rusev coming up? I, I thought that originally he might have been making an appearance on Impact. Mm -hmm. And now that this sort of played along, maybe not. I don't know why. I just thought that. And then um, I just, it sucks because I, we haven't heard if Lana has tested or tested positive or tested negative or any of that that I'm aware of. So it, it, it only seems to me that if I put the puzzle pieces together, that I feel really bad for the situation that Lana would be in if she was the person that may have you know, passed it along. I don't yeah. know. I'm just assuming based on the people that are closest to her. So I think it's a really messed up situation. But um, thankfully, there are people that get it and they are able to come out of it perfectly. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Be fine 
unfortunately, not everyone is in that situation. Um, but I feel like I haven't heard of Rusev having any major issues, so that's good for him. I know Lana's mom is out of the hospital. Good for her. I don't know if we have any updates on her father yet, but I just I re- I hope for the best for them, and I also hope it's a learning situation for some of the other people that may not be taking this seriously, like seeing somebody who's like all the people that they love is in a really situ- in a situation like this. I can't even imagine being like that. Like that would be like the end of the world for me. So I feel really bad for Lana and I'm sending prayers along their way. Yeah. I mean, Lana gets a lot of unjust flack, I think from people for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know. I mean, people, people people love to rail on her. People took her storyline on TV and I think applied it, try to apply it to who she really is in real life. And you don't do that. But I think that that might be the case because when she did that whole storyline with Bobby Lashley, I was seeing the comments on, on my video. Yeah. I, that video, you should have seen the comments that Lana was getting. And then I would go on her Twitter and I would see some of the comments and I'm like, guys, you know, this isn't, this isn't Lana in real life, right? Like you guys know this, right? And I think that was an issue that some people can't separate that. Yeah, and 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 speaking of Rusev's future, do you follow much of Impact? Uh, only the big stuff. So uh, we'll we'll make our very uneducated predictions later. Then, I, hey, I follow, but I, I still want predictions. But we mentioned New Japan as well. How familiar were you with Dick to go before so this I- week? I know of his history. You know, he's been in the business for, what, 20 years now, has wrestled several promotions in he Japan. Was in so I know. He was in Kayantai. He was in Kayantai in the WWF, yeah. Right, right. So I was actually pretty surprised with, with everything that happened there. But, uh, but yeah, so that was my familiarity with him. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised, too, that somebody would even want Dick to go because, personally, I want Dick to stay up. And, fortunately, BlueChew.com can help you whether you're, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, that dick to go is going to be dick to stay, and it's going to give you that awesome performance. You don't have to have a problem to use BlueChew.com. It's for that enhancement, that that performance. And it's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Get your cayenne Thai gear on. It's blue as well. Get in the mood. If you're not in the mood, Blue Chew will get you in the mood, my friends. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. You may say, well, how, how is that possible? Well, Blue Chew works with affiliated physicians to get you there. That way you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to waste your time doing that. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. Ah, And it's ready when you are. All you got to do is use that code FIGHTFUL. You get your first shipment free. $5 shipping is, is all – got to pay the mailman. We've talked about the mailman and what he's got going on. you got to pay the mailman. I, that, that's another thing that sticks in my craw, masks and the, the, the horrible treatment of our great postal workers. So be good to your mailman. Tell them you heard about them from us at Blue Chew on Twitter. And Evan Wright says, if you want your dick to go to the main event, yeah, damn it, man, come on. Save these for me. Save these for me. Arthur Steele says, Thoughts on merging both men's and women's world titles. Is this inevitable? I don't think it's inevitable. As long as you got a Raw and a SmackDown, I think you're going to have the, the separate top titles, Denise. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that being an issue or anything like that. But first of all, I need to just go back really quickly. You set me up, man, with that Dick Togo stuff. I was like Dick thinking we were about to. Uh, I thought we were, yeah, I thought we were about to go a different direction here, and then it just went totally opposite. And I was like, all right, well, this is what it is. A different, uh, but yeah, a different direction. Do you mean like perhaps a new direction or a nude erection? All right. I have no great follow-up to that. (laughs) God damn, I'm good. Yeah, I don't think that merging the titles is inevitable because you've got five hours of content. And we saw how bad Raw could be when Brock was champion and wasn't on the show. I don't think you want at least one of your weekly shows doing that. Arthur Steele says, T-Swift is from my hometown in Wyoming. 
Pennsylvania. I'm sure you know the pronunciation of that, don't you? Is it why missing women? Oh, okay, I, oh okay. my god, I'm bad. <laughs> Anakin says they did the the substance abuse thing uh, well with CM Punk. How many times can you go back to that same well before you poisoned it? And the CM Punk thing was because he was he was straight edge, not because he had a problem. Uh, Patel Ron Six says SRS sounded like Lex Luger versus a T-shirt and the Sheamus thing. Have you ever seen that spot? Lex Which Luger, one? Lex Luger trying to rip off his uh, his T-shirt. Um, I think so. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, I'll go back and re- refresh my memory there. Anakin says, donation for a follow-up to a second music episode. I think we had decided at one point that uh, eventually a, a, uh, a, f- a TNA follow-up would, would happen or something like that. And Tim Traver says, I forgot to say happy hump day, everybody. Hey, happy hump day. Hope you're doing okay. And Matthew Garrett says, EC3 is as charming as The Rock. How did Vince miss this? Great interview. Can't wait to follow his journey. I mean, I wouldn't say as charming as The Rock, but he's definitely got a unique charisma about him. Why do you think WWE missed on him so much? I don't know, because he came in with some hype. I remember that. I remember when they when he was uh, uh, in the crowd for NXT, and I remember when they panned the camera to him, and everybody was like, oh, like making a big deal about it. So it felt like he was coming in with a good start, and then I don't know what happened. It just went downhill from there. And I remember when I got to interview him, and I just remember after that interview, I thought, man, holy cow, does he have a lot of charisma. And it's yeah. different when you see it on TV and then you see it on person and you know that it's still there, that that he like he doesn't just have it on charisma. He also has it like in his real-life person. Um yeah, I, it's so weird. I don't know. It's not like he didn't have the luck either because he had that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Rink Chaos says, Sean, ever try Tamarindo or Manzana-flavored Joritos? I've never tried either one of them. Can you explain to me what Joritos actually is? All right, so Joritos. <laughs> now you have me <laughs> saying it like you. Tamaritos. It's a drink. It's a Mexican drink. It's like different flavors. They have a bunch and it's tamarindo. So tamarindo is actually my favorite drink. It's actually like a, there's a candy. It's like a spicy candy that like you can eat off a stick and they have different variations of it. Um, So they have different flavors. They have like lime flavors. They have, a, uh, they have different flavors. So it's a really good like Is it carbonated? Drink. Um... Because I love Mexican soda. Holy crap. I love Mexican soda. Uh, I haven't had jarritos in a really long time because it's not I'm – a, I'm a sangria girl. Like, that's okay. what I go for. Evan Wright says, Matt Riddle equals Tutsuya Naito. <laughs> All right, that's good. I love it. Hannah Moore said, Naomi said on the bump she wants a team with Ember or Bianca and become the first black tag team women's champions. I would love that. I think that – all three of them are underused. Naomi's underused a lot less than the other ones. I know that that a lot of people will go, oh, well, but she is underused. Yeah, she is, but not nearly as much. She's she's won like big battle royals and won the title twice. She's been in some good spots, but I would love to see that. I think that Ember and Bianca specifically can be the top of the division, especially give give Ember Moon a manager. What's wrong with giving some of these women managers? It helps. Uh, what do you think about about that proposition? I love that idea. I, I don't know how I didn't think about it sooner. I think that's a great idea. I think if they were to do it and be fresh, people would be excited. I mean, look at how over Bailey and Sasha are right now. People look forward to seeing them every single week. So if you have another pairing of a great tag team, athletic women that you know can present themselves in a great light, dude, go for it. I agree. Anakin JMT says Denise's reaction was a perfect gif. <laughs> uh, oh, Ron- which one? I don't even remember which yeah, reaction anymore. Like, <laughs> I love that he's making those, though. Like He's been making clips and gifs, and I love that. I, do, I yeah. truly appreciate that, Anakin. That is awesome because it's stuff that I would love to do, and I unfortunately aren't, aren't able to do it. Um, reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat. Any amount gets your question or statement read on the air. Make sure you tune in tonight to the Wednesday Night War podcast. Carlos Toro will be joining the panel as Louis Dangor has to step out. And starting this Friday... Jeremy Lambert is joining me as my new co-host. 
on the Friday uh, post-Smackdown show. He is our lead wrestling writer. So, I mean, when I tell you he's plugged in to the news, it's more so than anybody else. I think he's the best wrestling writer out there. And I'm very excited to have him on. He does movie reviews here on Tuesdays. He plays TEW on Saturdays. And he does a news show on Thursdays. So you're getting more Jeremy Lambert than probably you would ever want. But damn it, that's a part of the deal. And he's a Swifty. That's that's true. I legitimately asked him (laughs) questions in person in North Carolina about Taylor Swift. You would be so proud. Thank you. I'm glad I have somebody on my side. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Extreme Rules is this Sunday. Uh, Any hype for you? Like, I'll tell you what. They're sending a lot of people around for for media interviews right now to the point where I was like, what about me? But (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I know of two wrestlers that went to them and said, I want to be interviewed by Sean Ross Sapp. And nothing, nothing. But still. Still, we'll see how it goes. They've been doing. They did a lot of media this week. Do you think this is a desperate, a desperation thing or standard procedure? No, I think it would be standard procedure because they did it. Same thing for WrestleMania sure. and all of the other stuff but as this well. Ain't WrestleMania. So, I know, but it's still a pay per view. People are talking about it. Plus, right now, given the fact that not much is going on, like this would be a great time to go ahead and utilize that. Um, with in terms of extreme rules, I'm I'm looking forward to the eye for an eye match. Literally, just because yeah. I'm curious, I want to see what's gonna happen. That's it. I like there's so much stuff. Like I don't know what's gonna happen in the swamp fight. I don't know what's gonna happen in the bar fight. Don't know what's gonna happen in eye for an eye. It's not a bad card, honestly. It really is it. And I'm still curious about the stipulation uh, for the Drew Dolph match. Uh, the women's matches seem like they're going to be pretty good. And like you said, the Swamp thing, yeah, it's it should be a pretty good day. Rob Wilkins says, fun fact, Spicy Candy is my OnlyFans username. Man, I see people getting their mortgages paid off on there. I'm in the wrong business. Anakin <laughs> JMT says, that ladder match at TakeOver New Orleans had six people that all realistically could win. Fast forward now, and the only one WWE did not botch was Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, but he did that to himself. Let me look back at that. NXT TakeOver New Orleans, because I remember EC3 was in it, and obviously he was a big name. Oh, wow. Killian Dane. I don't know. I wasn't at that show. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I was like, was I at that show? Killian Dane, I think, has got to find something, because him just being big, hairy badass isn't going to do it. Lars Sullivan, he got hurt. They had big plans for him. There, there was a pitch to have him face Rock, Brock Lesnar. Ricochet, they wow. completely botched. EC3, they completely botched. And Velveteen Dream, he just, he completely, he botched himself. So that is what it is. But they didn't botch Keith Lee. He became double champion last week, and probably rightfully so. You, I, I've not spoken to him, but I, I hear a lot of stories, and I just hear about how great of a dude he is. If somebody's going to end it, I think Keith Lee is a good one. I love the dynamic of the match where the heel is Adam Cole. And the thing is, Adam Cole is half the size of Keith Lee, but he's such a dominant champion, but he's working from underneath while he's the heel. That had such a great dynamic to it. What I hope doesn't happen, Denise, I hope they don't have him come out and say, well, I'm vacating the North American title because to me that's cheap. I hate that. Why put them both on the line if that's the case, if you're just going to vacate it after? I don't think they're going to do that. I would hope not. That seems too, that seems kind of pointless, to be honest. And after this big, you know, celebration and, you know, every the impact that it made on social media and news and all of that, like, I just feel like going back backwards would not be the right thing um i i really you know i was curious because with the when the spoilers came out for that match i just remember thinking like i wonder if it's gonna like really affect whether or not people tune in if they already know the winner and i was so wrong because they did they tuned in and so i thought that was pretty interesting as well the fact that people were that i think that says a lot about keith lee more than people might expect and i loved i loved the finish of it like i love with um with karen cross watching him and you know from 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 the from the top up and just like looking down at him and his celebration i like like the symbolic meaning of 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 how that looked i thought that was pretty awesome um so i'm pretty excited to see what his uh announcement's gonna be today 
Me too. And I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I'll be watching. So that that's awesome. I love that. And hey, it's got me watching. Another thing, or actually, Hannah Moore says, I'm hoping he loses North American to Cross, not the NXT title. I, I'm with you. I think that's a good thing to do because then you've got a North American champion who beat the world champion. So that makes that North American title look near the same level. Plus, you've got a guy like Killer Cross who can carry that title for a long time and be the Taz, be the, be the Rob Van Dam who carries that title and makes it as important. What do you think about the prospect of, of carrying cross doing that? Well, yeah, because you don't want to necessarily just strip Keith Lee of everything, sure. like give him an actual run. Like, it, I, I, like I, I, I've said this a million times before and I'll say it again. I love long title reigns with the right people. So because of that, I feel like I'm expecting him to hold that belt for a really long time. And over the last 10 years, WWE has gotten much better about that. AJ Styles for a year, Asuka for over a year, Becky Lynch for a year, Adam Cole for a year, New Day broke the record, Pete Dunne, Walter, like this... Drew's already gone a hundred days. I can't believe how fast that happened. I I saw him tweet that and I was like, it's been a hundred days. Like it happened so fast. And I mean, gosh, I'm trying to think of some more because I know there were, there were uh, several more. Like there were, there's like 10 over the last, I mean, CM Punk for over a year. Like it happens. And this isn't like did you Trish Becky Lynch already. Yeah, this is yeah, I did. This isn't like Trish Stratus who held the the women's title for over a year, but she was hurt for 8 months of that. These are these are people defending it. Uh Cody Rhodes defended his opponent for tonight, Sunny Kiss. There was a dipshit on Twitter that got banned. He used a homophobic slur against Sunny Kiss and saying that they were trying to push an agenda forth. Let me be clear. Sunny Kiss is the only reason I watched the last season of Lucha Underground. Just different in everything that was done. Selling, movement, moves. The way that Sonny uh, would, would carry himself. Like, it was, it was just, it was special. And Cody Rhodes says, this is terrible and you're not worth the signal boost, but I'll make this clear to fans worldwide. If you have a problem with a gay man receiving a title shot, you can kiss my ass. I'm proud to share the ring with Sonny. I'm glad Cody did this because, quite frankly, wrestling fans can get a little uppity and think that they know a little bit better. And not not about booking. This has nothing about booking. This is a basic social issue, a basic human rights issue. Why, why the hell shouldn't he be there? He's talented enough to be there. Uh, your thoughts when you saw this, Denise? Right. So, first of all, I do want to address that because I really, really hate when people of color or people that are represent LGBTQ community uh, or women even or anybody that's considered a minority, whenever they get an opportunity, people automatically think that the person or the company is trying to push an agenda. And that just takes so much credibility away from the people that are trying to work hard and trying to get a certain spot. I never ever want anyone to say Denise is just there because she's Mexican and because she's a female sorry bud I work hard so it's like in that sense I 100% agree with you in terms of I don't like this whole oh he's just there because they're trying to push their agenda no um but that being said this is a big test for him uh he hasn't had a match this big and I think that Cody Rhodes is good at having these types of matches with guys and making them look good like what he did for Darby so because of that I think this would be uh obviously I think Cody's obviously gonna win but the match the match itself is gonna do big big favors for him and, I mean, I, I can tell you that I've seen this stuff. I guess not firsthand, secondhand. When we would run the press conference videos, Nyla and Sonny would often be the most viewed, like more than Cody and the Bucks, and it would have just a, a disproportionate amount of dislikes, which means that people are going out of their way to hate watch something. They're going out of their way to dislike something. And before anybody, I mean, I'm not saying anybody would try to dismiss what Denise is saying, I've seen that along the way, too. I've seen comments that idiots left. I mean, I didn't personally see it until Anna Bauer joined us, and people said, oh, they just, they just want a girl on. They just want a girl on. No. Oh, my gosh, yes. I get those comments all, all, the, the, all the time. When I was on X-Pac show, someone said, who's this illegal co-hosting the show? <laughs> I, mean, lo- I mean, look at this. 
Anna Bauer got hired. She she applied to me for transcription work, and I do my research. I make sure I'm not hiring fucking Nazis, and I happened to find an acting monologue she did. And I said, wow, she's fantastic. I would love to get her on camera. And she was unbelievable. You came with hundreds, hundreds of interviews and red carpet and, and hosting reels. And by the way, a recommendation from fucking X-Pac. Like, the people don't... There were reasons these people get hired. And like, it's it's very frustrating when you see somebody's difficult their, their hard work negated and people like look at Sunny Kiss and they're like, well, Sunny Kiss has not been on TV the last year. Why a title shot? Well, it's an open challenge. Anybody can challenge for this. Like we we had our discussion the other day about like who deserves what. Well, an open challenge. I don't care if they're coming off a loss, a win, anything. Sunny Kiss accepted the open challenge. Sonny Kiss has also been wrestling for, I think, th- five, six years, I think. And like I said, was a standout on Lucha Underground. That stuff got to be drivel towards the end of it. And I was watching because of Sonny Kiss, so I'm very excited to see this. This could be a breakout performance for Sonny Kiss, and I really hope it is. And quite frankly, if you got a problem with that, hit the fucking bricks. I don't need your likes. I don't need your views. I don't need your super chats. Or your subscriptions. It's pretty simple. Women's Evolution Week. WDB is is re- recounting the women's evolution, so to speak. To me, as I mentioned, the good comes with the bad here. They had a roster that they could have done this with 10 years ago. Now, quite frankly, did they need Tori Wilson wrestling? No, they did not. Did they need Kelly Kelly wrestling? No, they did not. Did they need a lot of those people wrestling? No, they did not. Could they have been in developmental until the point to where they became good wrestlers? Yeah. Could they have been managers or valets or or hosts or anything like that? Yeah, they could have. But to me, it's – maybe I'm too pessimistic, Denise, but I remember how bad that it was. And it upsets me that they're just like, oh, yeah, well, we finally got it right. After like 15 years, we finally got it right. Or uh, tw- better late 20 than years. Never? 20 years. And can you apply that saying, better late than never? Yeah, that's I true. I mean, think about it. Can you imagine how bad, especially right now in this era that we're living in where, you know, obviously social ju- – like we're talking a lot about different topics. Imagine if we were still having women represented a certain way on WWE. Like it would look really bad. But given that obviously that's not happening, I'm thankful that – that we've that this step has been taken, even if it was a little bit late. I agree. We've got some more super chats. By the way, get them in. We're about to wrap up. Aaron Entertainment says, I'd like to see Brody Lee and Cody at All Out. That sounds like a banger of a match. That sounds like a really good one. Anakin JMT says, only agenda AEW is pushing is to make great matches no matter who the opponents are. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, let's make some Impact Slammiversary picks. I'm very excited for this. Uh, by the way, guys, go over to Fightful Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, we've got a contest going for a free entry. We're going to do one on Facebook.com slash Fightful Online as well. Go give us a like. It would really help. And also, i got a couple projects up. I've got the, the Mordecai interview. I just dropped a new article from that giant feature, and I, I uncorked a... Big feature on EC3. I got the interview done, did the editing, got the clips, and got the, the I think, 3,000-word feature up today. It's a 50-plus-minute interview. I think he gave us more time than anybody else because he's only speaking to about three or four people. He has some interesting stuff planned. But let's talk Impact Slammiversary. The TNA Championship. I love that they brought back this title belt. Moose defends it against Tommy Dreamer in an unsanctioned match, and I think Moose has got to win. He's their big money investment. Uh, In terms of match quality, I'm definitely going to go with Moose because uh, as much as I like Tommy Dreamer, I don't feel like the matches have all been that impressive for me. Impact Knockouts Championship top contender match, Gauntlet for the Gold. We have Alicia, Havoc, Kimberly, Madison Rain, Kylie Ray, Tasha Steeles, Rosemary, Nevaeh, Kiara Hogan, and Taya Valkyrie. 
Taya is the biggest name in here from a main event perspective. You got Kylie and Susie kind of tied up in a tag team thing. You've got a lot of people tied up in a tag team thing. Kiera and Tasha. I don't think it'll be Kimberly. I hope it's not Madison Rain. I look at Havoc and Rosemary and I say, eh, not so much. I look at Havoc or Alicia and I go, eh, really not so much. Everybody so seems. All that's left is Taya. Uh, yeah, it's Taya, and I think it might be her or Madison Rain. Who do you think? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with Taya on this yeah. one. Yeah. Personally, I hope it's Kylie Ray. Check out my interview with her. It was awesome. Impact Tag Team Championships, the North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page against Sammy Catlin and Ken Shamrock. The North have been tag team champions since LAX left. They've been tag team champions for over a year. The first in NWA, TNA, or the first in TNA Impact history. I think if the North's reign doesn't come to an end Saturday, it's going to come to an end at the tapings that follow it. But Callahan and um, Shamrock are the odd couple. Yeah, I'm going to go with the North just because I feel like they can still go with it a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I will go with them. Willie Mack defends the X Division Championship against Chris Bay. I cannot wait for this match. And, uh, I mean, Willie Mack from your neck of the woods, right? Out okay, so, like, I made that reaction because literally Willie Mack is one of my favorite current wrestlers, like, right now. Like, this is this is the He's thing. Amazing. Like, I'm a really big Willie Mack fan. Um, I I remember, like, when I first discovered him, I was I just I just remember going, "Who's that? Like, someone someone please inform me who this person yeah. is," because I was just so amazed when I saw him like working in the indies, and so like ever since then, like I've just like always root for him like in all his matches, but I also really like Chris Bay, and I feel that right now he's like. You know, he's just, like, really getting his, like, moment. So this one's kind of hard for me. I don't really know who um, who I think is going to win this one just because I, I think they both have so much to offer. But you know what? I'm going to go with Willie Mack on this one, although I wouldn't mind Chris Bay. Yeah, um, this is going to be a show stealer, I think. And if Willie Mack were in the main event, I wouldn't blink an eye. I, I'd be like, you know what? I, I could see it. And Chris Bay's going to get there. Jordan Grace defends the Knockouts Championship against Deanna Perrazzo. I got Jordan Grace here because Deanna does not have a contract. And that would be really <laughs> weird if they put it on her as a result. Um, check out my recent interview with Deanna Perrazzo, guys. Actually, I've, I've got interviews with like a bunch of people on this on this show. Deanna, Jordan, Willie Mack, Kylie Ray, Moose. Ethan Page, damn, all over the place. You have one with Sammy Callahan for last year. So, I mean, we've yeah. got we got plenty of impact content, but who do you think wins this match for the Knockouts you Championship? You know what? Just to be different, I'm going to go with Deanna. Oh, okay. That's bold. That's bold. Well, <laughs> Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, and then a mystery opponent for the Impact World Championship. Tessa Blanchard has been stripped of the title. I think it's going to be TBA or it will be Ace Austin. Who are your thoughts? Um, and who do you think the TBA will be? I think it'll be EC3. Well, I'm going to go with, yeah. I would have to say it would probably be EC3. And then for the actual match itself, man, I feel like it can go any direction. I'm going to go... Uh, <laughs> I'm debating here, sorry. I don't know. Honestly, for this one, I have I, I don't know who I want to go with on this one. Because if, if it's going to be EC3 or somebody, the new surprise, I think it would have to go with that person. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to, I think. A couple more Super Chats to wrap things up. Anakin says, when do you feel women in WWE reach the next level? For me, it's the triple threat at Mania 32. As it not only was the the match that, looked, that was most looked forward to, but it was the best match on the card. That's when. When I saw that triple threat, I was like, here we go. They believe in it. They got the new title. Uh, when did you think that it really hit home? Um, I'm going to say Charlotte Becky, last last woman standing, just oh, because that was my favorite match. And it's one of my favorite women's matches of all time. So because of that, I'm going to go with that one. One of my favorite matches of all time, period. Evan Wright says, give me Cage as AEW champ. Honestly, Cage versus Omega, Cage versus Page, Cage versus Archer. Let Mox <laughs> take care of Renee. I, to me, like... 
all due respect to Cage, I I don't know if the pace would be there. He gets a little blown up. We'll see how that works out. But maybe I'm a dumbass and I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I love I love to see him work though. Uh, Jeff Willemson says, finally caught listing your girl live since I got off work today early, finished AC3 interview on my way home. Another fantastic interview. Keep up the great work. You know, I was traveling a lot for these interviews, Denise. I'm loving the Zoom era. Holy crap. Like, people are in depth. They're in their own homes. I'm really liking it. Thank you, guys. Please check that out. But, Denise, you have some interviews on your channel as well. Yes, I have a lot going on on my channel right now. Uh, please go check it out, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And I'm so, so nervous because I'm exactly at 28,000 subscribers, which just gives me so much anxiety because if I lose subscribers, I'm back down. So, And if I go over, then yeah. I, I need like a little bit of cushion, and I don't have the cushion right now. I'm at... Two eight zero 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 exactly. So it gives me a lot of anxiety. So um, go Evidently. over there, YouTube.com. Yes, it really does. Like I went on. I, you have no idea how much anxiety I get when I go on my channel. Um, but go on there, uh, check it out. I have lots of uh, different uh, reviews and a bunch of other stuff. So go on there, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Check us out, guys. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Check out FightfulSelect.com. We've kind of been hovering there. Give us a little bit of a push. But we've got the list goes on on Fightful Select up next. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.